Who am I? That's a really good question because a while ago when people asked me, who are you, Christina? I started, you know, with my degrees, with my certificates, with my jobs, where I've been living and stuff like that. But when people ask me now, who are you, Christina? I'm saying like this. I'm, I strongly believe now that I am a soul you know, a beautiful soul and all we are having a human experience. Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. A part of that in real life, let's put it this way, I'm a spiritual life coach, I'm an empowerment coach, I'm a speaker, um, I own a company, I'm a mom, so all in one. I'm doing all this stuff, you know, like <laughs> what women do, you know, cooking, cleaning, running a business, raising kids, being a wife, I'm just anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Oh, that's really lovely. You know one thing, Christina. Um, I think like about two years ago, I, I wrote a book that I titled um, uh, "Crisis of Crisis of Identity." Uh, mm. So in that book, I was looking at identity. I was saying, uh, for example, uh, looking at how complex we are as human beings, you know, in terms of trying to identify who we are. Then I was saying, like myself. I am an African because I am coming from Africa, from Africa, but I'm also a Nigeria. Uh, a Nigeria is in Africa. I am a human being. I am a man. I am a husband. I am also a father. Are these things contradicting? If we were to pick one of them, which one of them is actually my identity? <laughs> you see, so so that at the end of the day, the idea that this is whom I am is sometimes more than just how it sounds. It's sometimes more complex than it, it usually appears to be on the surface. In that we are actually multiple of things at the end of the day, just having experience. All right. It's good to share the moment with you. <laughs> I love, actually, I love the way how you put it really about the identity, if, if may I, because, and I love the way that you said <clears throat> that we are complex because some people say, oh, humans are complicated, which is not entirely true. We are not complicated. We are complex. And with the identity, again, I can relate very much with you because Although, okay, I'm white, right? Um, But I was born in Romania. My nationality is Hungarian, right? So then I was like, okay, then who am I? Where do I belong? I moved to Hungary because, you know, I was like, okay, my nationality is Hungarian. Let's try. I go to Hungary because, you know, people speak Hungarian. It's my people. But I couldn't find myself there. I was like, okay, this is still not my place. So where do I belong? Then I moved to London with my family, right? So basically, I would say that I spent all my life being an expat and trying to find, okay, where do I belong? Where are my roots? And then all these things, what you were saying about being a dad, you know, being a father, being a business owner, doing this and that, those are titles, hats, really, what we are wearing. 
but who we really are, just think for this of a moment, and if you close your eyes and you, I've learned this, it took me a while, I, ha I had to learn this, right? Put away the head of being a father. Put away the head of being a driver or being a Nigerian, being an African, being a white, a man or a woman, right? And what's left? That's who you are. That's the I am. That's it with it's within you. That's left because if you put, you know, all those heads down, what you we label ourselves in different ways, right? We are complex. We are all of this. But at the end of the day, if we put them all down, the only thing what is left is the I am, and that's 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 who you are, that's within. That's who you feel really who you are. If that makes sense. <laughs> Of course, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think, uh, uh, yeah, always two years ago, uh, we did an entire year. Actually, the beginning of this in the beginning of this podcast, an entire year on develop on self improvement. Because we actually do the entire year just talking about our journey, who we are, uh, self improvement, all the, all the things about self improvement. Of course, we did talk about it today. Later, now we are more about into storytelling, talking about you, your journey, where are you coming from, who are you? In fact, that is what we are going to start with just now. So now, Christine, I want you to tell me, tell me about your personal journey as a human being. Where were you born? I want to, I want to understand it from the beginning. Help us understand that. Mm, okay. I'm going to try to put everything in a nutshell, okay? My journey was really bumpy, but I guess... <clears throat> we all have ups and downs along the way, right? As I said, I was born in Romania, in Transylvania, and by that time, it was a communist country. So I experienced a lot of lack. I grew up with a mentality of lack. So I didn't know anything else by that time. And then in 89, revolution happened, you know, the Western culture came into Romania and life changed completely in only a couple of years. And that was a huge thing for us because we experienced things what we haven't experienced before. And everything, it was new. And as a very young generation, you know, youngsters, especially, you know, youth in our teens or early 20s, we didn't really know how to handle the situation. So, in my case, I started to live a very self-destructive life. Let's put it this way. <laughs> but I think um, in everyone's life, there is a period of time, right? When you when you are this very rebellious, you know, nobody told you what to do because you know better than your parents, than your peers, than everybody else, than your teachers. I had this, this phase as well. And on my early late teens, early 20s, I ran away from home because I was searching for something. I couldn't explain what I'm looking for, but I knew that I need to leave um, because I wanted a better life. I wanted something different. So basically, I had this idea of changing the world and proving actually to my parents and to my family that we can change our lives. You know, Mentality of lack means that I grow up with the thinking that if you were born poor, then you will die poor. So there's no way out. If you were rich, you're going to be always rich. If you are poor, then you're going to be always poor and there's no way out. If you have a job, 
then be grateful for that, but don't move because that's stable, that's, you know, gives you security, so stay there. But for me, it was not enough. I was like, okay, I'm not going to start a job and work there for 40, 30, 40 years, right? Because I want something else, so I ran away from home. Of course, because I didn't know any better, I had no mentors. I had nobody to tell me, you know, what's out of my country, what's out of my comfort zone. I found myself in a different environment, a strange environment, and I found myself being homeless. So I experienced that too. So when people come to me and say, oh, why are you, Christina, to talk about these things? Well, I can say that I've been there. I know what means lack. I know what it means to be homeless. I know what it means when you knock on doors, really, and nobody opens the door for you, or they look at you and they judge you based off your appearance. I was I was trying to find work. I said, I'm not going to live like this. But because of my appearance, right, I look like a homeless. Can you imagine? I wasn't really, my hair not died like now. So nobody, nobody would hire you. And I remember selling my, my jewelries just to get a hotel room to clean up myself and went to a job interview the next day when I got hired. So I started to work and it turns out that everything went well. I lived in, that was in Budapest in Hungary. I stayed there for 14 years. In these 14 years, um, many things happened. I met my partner. I've started to live a different life. As I said, I've been very self-destructive until then. But when I met my partner, I kind of calmed down. You know, like the rivers. When the river starts, you know, up in the mountains, it's very wild and runs really fast and stuff like that, you know, at the spring. But as it goes down, it comes, you know, a little bit quieter and more calmer. So that's how I became. And then in 2011, when my daughter was born, uh, I realized that, I have to change completely because my mentality of lack, the the baggages what I carried on my shoulders from my own experiences and from, you know, these generational experiences, you know, everything went on me, the limiting beliefs I was carrying with me, I didn't want it to pass to my daughter. And that's when actually in 2011, my journey on personal development started. I've started to read, to reach out to people who I consider them to be role models. And I started a very long inner work and a very tough inner work. So, yeah. So here I am today. Here I am today (laughs) talking on a podcast, right? Teaching others, speaking on stages. co-authoring different books so I think I think it's worth it I wouldn't change anything I wouldn't change being homeless I wouldn't change the mentality of like I wouldn't change the thing because that's the experience I get along the way right and I wouldn't change the the nights when I was crying and I didn't know who I am I didn't know where I'm going I didn't know how to pay my bills and I was like oh my god why me you know, and this is what where people, I think 99% go through this. Why me? Why is this happening to me? 
Thank you so much for the sharing. My pleasure. That was long. I was trying to think. No, no, no. It's it's perfectly fine. We are not in haste here. We are here really ready to talk about ourselves. We are not in haste. I think what is important in the at the end of the day is that we must tell our story. It is very important because yes, there are billions of people in this world, but each of us is also here individually before we can become part of a group. If we are just considering the fact that we are in a group, what I mean is that if you don't, if you cannot help yourself, you cannot help anyone. True. You will only become a burden even when you are on the group. It means that the group will carry you on their shoulder because you are not useful. Because the only way you can be useful is to first of all be useful even to yourself. Now you can understand what it means to be useful also to other people. And I think the whole thing is like a kind of a web of experience that you have to go through. Now, I, I wrote another book. <laughs> okay, I'm a writer, okay? I just like to write books. If I correctly, I'm still working on a book. I'm working on a, a book about storytelling now. But in 2015, I wrote a book that I titled Amende, The Stream Water. So the book is about um, identity also because there is this uh, young boy who was born, he didn't know who he was. Of course, he have lived on a false identity because that is what he was told. Mm-hmm. But at the point, he had to find out who he was. So there is a series of things that he have to do. Okay, the book, the setting is in my village where I was born in Nigeria, in Uromi. Um, so undergoing a series of events, he eventually find out who, who he was. That is just to call the long story short. But what I just want to point out there is that this series of events that you have to go through in life, when you are there, you think this is the end of it. You don't know what is going to happen because you can't see it here. You are in a tunnel. Because in that tunnel, there is no light. Everywhere is dark. But being dark now doesn't actually mean evil as it were. It means you have returned to the fort. You have re- returned to the origin where you are going to have to form. You are going to find your meaning. You are going to find the road. You are going to find the way out. Sometimes it can be very dangerous, but it's very important. And like you said, you're not going to take out that part because that is the moment you are refining yourself, who you are. It's like taking out the pure, taking out the gold. The gold is a dust on earth, like every other dust. If you take it the way it is in a natural state, it's not going to be useful anywhere because it's just a dust. But you are going to take it into the process of refining, the burning. You need to burn. When you burn it, then the shaft is going to leave. It's going to, it's going to be removed. It's going to be detached from it so that then you can have the pure gold. Because if you remove that burning, because that is really difficult part of it. If you remove that part, then it's just natural in the way it is. That is why I really like to hit on that that you wouldn't remove those things that happens to you because those are the things that actually formed you and help you to understand who you are today. And not only that, because they help you to form who you are, now you can help other people because when other people are telling you their story, you know what they are talking about because you have gone there before. Thank you for that, Sherry. I really appreciate that. 
Thank you. I love what you asked, what you were saying a little bit earlier when you said about being in a group, right? Because at certain point in our lives, everybody has the feeling that they need to belong somewhere, right? And we find different groups where we join, right? And we identify ourselves with them because we think that that's who we are. We start to behave in a certain way, like the group behaves, right? Because we are searching for this sense of, you know, this, this place of belonging. We are searching for, as you said, who we are. And all these experiences are there actually to show us what's good for us and what's not that, what is working for us and what not works for us, right? But you see, it takes will and a lot of courage to actually recognize, okay, this is not my tribe. This is not who I am and I want to change. I want to go out. I want to go out from the darkness. I want to find myself. Okay, this is not a really good way of saying to find myself because we are, we are there, right? <laughs> it, you don't have to fix ourselves. You don't have to find ourselves. You just have to... Mm, let's say, return to ourselves, to who we are. But this means that along the journey, we are going to leave behind people. We are going to leave behind groups. We are going to leave behind learned behaviors. So we basically unlearn things because on the moment where we were born and we are kids and, you know, even teens, we accumulate and we have a lot of imprints and beliefs which are not even ours. It's from other people, other people's experiences. And as you go on this journey called life, right, and you go through all the phases and all the stages, at one point you will get where you say, okay, this is not me, this not serves me anymore. And... Some might say that, okay, the easy part is start then. But the truth is that the hardest part is start then. Because then you realize, okay, it's not my tribe. It's not my belief. It's not who I am. And then the journey of returning to yourself starts, which means going really deep within, if, if that makes sense. Which means that you identify all the beliefs which are not yours. And you unlearn them. That's a process. You, in my case, for example, forgiveness was, was a very huge part of my journey, right? Then you identify yourself, talk, how you talk about yourself and with yourself in your mind. Because the way how we talk about ourselves and with ourselves is the way how we've been taught, what we've seen that others, other people are doing, right? And all these things, slowly, you have to, and you will start to unlearn. But that's a, that's a process. It takes time. It really takes time. But if you are willing, and you said, okay, it's enough. That's not me. I want to find the new me. I want to find who I really am and build the life in my terms. Now, how others want me to be or how, how others see me, then the next phase of the journey begins, if that makes sense. <laughs>
makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, all right, because we pay a lot of attention to storytelling, because story actually formed us, knowing who we are. Because even in those moments where uh, you are returned to almost zero, you are going to have to uh, find out uh, where you are and where you are going. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very important to, first of all, know where you are coming from. Yeah, because coming if from. you don't know where you are coming from, you are going to... You are going to be at a danger level to yourself. It is very, very important that, first of all, if you don't know anything at all in this world, you must know where you are coming from because you can return there. Because sometimes life is very funny, you know, in that there is no preset. You are going to have to form your own. And maybe that is what makes it even more beautiful, don't? Because if there were a preset that this is what you are going... Well, I know sometimes in the religious set, they will tell you, you are going to do this, this is what you are going to do, then you are going to get there, you are going to get there, that is the end of it, then you are going to go to God or something like that. Well, I think life is more complex than that. The road is, is, is dark. You are going to form it yourself. When you get to the end of your life, what happened is your life. That is what you have lived. You are not going to replicate another person. You are singular. Your experience is singular, is particular, is only for you. You are never going to be another person. Even though we are billions of people in this world, each of us have a life, have an identity, have a specific role to play in this life. Of course, not many of us are going to understand it. And that is okay. Sure. <laughs> because sometimes we are looking for the easier. One day, a guy was telling me, of course, we were talking about life in a general sense of it. He was saying, why is it not? Life could have been very easy if everything you are going to become, you already know it from the beginning. You just come here and you leave it. It would be very easy. That's mm -hmm. it. Well, life would be boring if that is the way it is. Because you already know everything, life doesn't make any sense anymore because everything is already known. What do you have to find out? Now, there is not going to be suspense. There is not going to be intriguing. There is not going to be the moment where you, where you don't know what it's going to be, no? No surprise. Everything is flat. Yeah. There is going to be a body. There is going to be a lot of suicide in the world because there is nothing that is really pushing and pulling you, you know, it looked like, it looked like a flat life. That is not going to be very interesting at all. <laughs> all right. Talking about story, I want to ask you, Christina. Now, maybe when you were much younger or something like that, what do you remember being told about your past? This is going to help me to understand even when we talk about what you do later on. Help me understand that. <laughs> okay, I love your question, and it's really, really interesting that you were asking me this because you were talking about roots a little bit earlier, right? And I love the way how you put it, you know, you have to find your roots and you have to know from where you come from in order, you know, to move on and find out who you are. What I remember, <clears throat> there's a funny story, okay? When I was born, there there were no such thing as, you know, monitoring and, you know, the, the gender of the baby, it's a boy or a girl or something like that. So 
what came out came out. It was a boy's surprise, it was a girl's surprise. But in my case, uh, everybody was expecting me to be a boy, right? And on the day, on the evening actually when I was born, I know this story by heart because it's been told to me so many times and I found it very funny at the beginning. But then later on, as I started to to know myself, I realized that impacted my life very much. And the story goes like this. My grandfather, they called from the hospital that, oh, she's there, she's a girl, she's healthy, right? And my grandfather, very happy, went to my father to the factory and he was like, come, come, let's go to the hospital because uh, Christina is there. They said she's a girl, but fingers crossed, hopefully by the time we got there, they made the mistake and it's going to be a boy. So even though I was born a girl and it was great happiness in the family, I still expected to be a boy and they thought that, okay, it's a mistake and, and, and I'm a boy. Therefore, yeah, really. So my grandfather was, oh, he was expecting a boy. I was a girl. Surprise. But what happened is that because he wanted a boy, uh, the time when I spent with my grandparents, he basically raised me as a boy. So I learned to climb on, on trees. I learned to ride bicycle. I went hunting with him. So I've done all this stuff, you know, what boys do. And I learned that boys don't cry. Right? which I found it kind of funny and it was so cool that I was raised as a boy, you know, and I'm a tough girl and I, you know, but what happened is that it developed my masculine part of me very much. And for a very, very long time, my masculine part was dominant. And I completely forgot about my feminine. We are both. We are both masculine and feminine, right? It's yin and yang, and it needs to be in balance. When there is no balance, then, you know, something is, 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 is not okay. Because using more the, the, the masculine part of me and suppressing the, the, the feminine made me really tough, right? Growing up, not 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 crying because boys don't cry, which means a lot of suppressed emotions. We are emotions. We have a lot of we accumulate a lot of emotions during our lives, right? When you accept and you leave your emotions, they come out and you 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 consciously you know leave them and you let them go. That's the ideal. But when you've been raise that boys don't cry that you suppress all those emotions what happen you know what you accumulate is gonna be trapped in your body it's gonna be trapped in your soul and at one point it's kind of killing you slowly from inside and one of the hardest things to do it was to rediscover my feminine part bring it up bring it in balance and again, to learn to, to express my emotions and to accept the fact that, yes, I can cry. Yes, I can crash. Yes, I can be a hysterical woman sometimes because that's okay. So I had to learn to be okay with every part of me. 
And that's only from a simple story, from a simple fact that I was expected to be a boy, raised as a boy. Therefore, the beliefs imprinted in my mind was that I have to be in a certain way. And I think this happens with many of us. And you were talking about roots, right? My roots, because people when talk about finding the roots, yes, you can go to your family tree and go back to see where you come from, you know, who are your ancestors and stuff like that. But for me, <clears throat> yes, that's a very important aspect to know your lineage, let's put it this way. But if I may go in this way, I said that our roots, we all come from the same source. So it doesn't matter if you're man or woman, if you're black and white or whatever, we are all equal because we all came from the same source, if that makes sense. People, when they are looking for their roots and who am I and where I come from, the first thing it's, you know, they go to the family tree, they look to the lineage, which is really good. And it's good to know. But at the end of the day, we all came from <clears throat> the same source and we are all being light. Right? If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. So I'll leave that part there. And so, so that we can concentrate on what you are doing today. Uh, now, what is your work centered around? Because um, you have a training program, you have a lot of people that you are dealing with. Uh, so what is this work centered around? What is the central message? What are you pushing to the people in terms of your message? What I'm doing or I'm trying my best every day to do is mainly focused on, on empowerment, on empowerment, on getting the message out there that really doesn't matter where you are or how low you are on a certain point in your life. There is always a way out. You always can choose better. So my main focus is basically on women empowerment. And that's not because men are not important. They are, we are equally important. But I choose to work especially with women because uh, you know, I've told you a little bit earlier, we have this, um, these roles, what we are carrying, right? And as a woman, you don't really, as you said, <laughs> you are showing right now, you don't speak your truth. You don't speak because you were taught and you were raised, in my case, to please others, right? You were taught where you've been told that you have to be a good wife, a good mother, and you don't dare to share your opinion. You don't dare to share your voice. And what I'm really focusing on is letting people know, letting women know that, yes, you have a voice and you are important and your voice really matters. Uh, that's why all my coaching sessions are focused around this, you know, finding your voice, let that voice heard. Uh, I'm also having a show, it's called Truth Runners, again, where I encourage people, let it be men or women, to speak your truth. Find your truth and speak it out. 
because you are important. You matter. Each and every one of us was born on this world in this lifetime. We were destined for, for greatness, but we forgot about it. And when we suppress, we don't have our own beliefs. We are not using our own voice, right? And we live our lives based on what others think of us or what others expect of us and not living lives in our terms. Then my question would be that, is that your life or you are living someone else's life? So it's kind of returning to yourself. It's about finding the I am within. Speaking the I am, speaking the truth, even it might bother people, you know, because at the end of the day, what I realized is that people are afraid to tell the truth or they don't like to be told the truth because there is a quote which says that they don't have their illusions to be destroyed, right? But if you don't speak your truth, then who you are, right? So this is what I'm trying to, to encourage everybody. Speak your truth. And, you know, everybody talks lately about women empowerment. The truth is women are powerful and men are powerful. We don't really need empowerment. We are powerful. We do not know because of the generational, generational, you know, beliefs. Or alas, we don't know how to use that power. Because we all are powerful beyond measure, but we don't know how to use it. We don't, we don't use properly the power of our thoughts, of our intentions, you know, and we don't follow our heart, if that makes sense. So working, working with women, working with men, running the show, organizing the retreats, right, where we have different ceremonies, or even organizing the conferences where I said, okay, your voice counts, share it there, be bold. Go out there and share your truth. Don't stay in your corner because everybody, and I love the way you said, everybody has a story to tell. And your story, when you share it, maybe it inspire others. You know, it doesn't need to be a huge crowd. It doesn't need to be hundreds of people, but there is one person who is listening to you today on when you share your story and you touch their heart that already worth it. Because we diminish ourselves. We tend to have the, yeah, well, that's life. I can't do anything about it. But yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because... As I said, we all were born for greatness. We all have the right to freedom. We all have the right to be healthy and wealthy. But when we diminish ourselves, right, and we put ourselves in a corner and we don't live our lives, we live other people's life, of course, then life sucks. I mean, it's like, oh, my life is like this and that. Thank you for that. <laughs> I believe really that we are powerful. But the point is that... Uh, we don't use this power sometime. Uh, of course, that is where I'm going to go just now to ask you why. You are going to help me understand that because you are a coach in this area. Uh, because I believe that if we're using our power, our potential, let's put it that way, you know, so that people can understand what exactly we're talking about, our ability to do things, because we really are able to do a lot of things. 
But if we don't know that we are able to do that, then we limit ourselves using your own word, uh, living in a little angle where we'll be crying all the time, <clears throat> complaining, blaming others. Uh, of course, you see, this is very important because uh, the day is only 24 hours. Now, mm -hmm. in that your 24 hour, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to use that 24 hour to blame other people? Or you are going to use it to take responsibility for yourself and take action that will help you to leave that little angle. The choice is yours. The universe is out there asking you, what do you want me to do? You are the one that will decide that, okay, I want to blame the government. All right, that is fine. You have the possibility. The time is there for you to do that. Yeah. Then do that. But if you are intelligent enough, the question you should ask yourself what am I going to get from this? All right. Why I love are people in that angle? Wow. I love the way how you put it because in this couple of sentences, what you said is basically like seven coaching sessions. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you were talking about uh, we don't use our power at the beginning, right? And then we were talking about um, not using the power, right? And and there is a quote, I can't remember exactly how it is, but it says that we are not afraid. Uh, we are afraid, basically, that we are powerful. We are not afraid about the darkness. We are afraid of, because we know that we are powerful beyond measure. And when we start to use our power, it basically means we start to get out from the comfort zone. People call it comfort zone. I call it familiar. So let's put it this way. You live in a familiar environment, right? You have your family, your entourage, your beliefs. Uh, I don't call it comfort zone because sometimes that's not comfortable. And then when you start to use your power, basically it means to step out slowly slowly you know one step at a time from the comfort zone and to see what's out there because your life not the life with the beliefs from others and what others told you to be and with learned behaviors and in a familiar environment but your actual life will start out of your comfort zone but this means that you have to start to use the power of your voice, your intention, and your heart. Because what majority of people do, they don't listen to the heart and they don't listen to their intuition, right? They are led by ego, by the logical mind, and by the fact that what others will think of me. And they will always start to look, or they're always looking for external validations instead of trusting that inner voice, trusting the, you know, that gut feeling. And this is where we give away our power when we make other people's truth, when we make other people's reality and other people's life our truth, our reality, and our life. That's when we give our power away. But when you are bold enough and you said, okay, from today, I'm going to be a new me. I'm going to start to live 
life in my own terms, that's the moment when you start to take your power back. And also that's the moment when it comes a little bit interesting because you are going to do things differently. You are going to meet different people. You start to have a different mentality and you, and you start to look from things, not just from one point of view, what you had until then, but from different angles, from different point of views, right? And you accept what, what, what only what resonates with you. This is when you take your power back, really. And this is when, you know, they say, yeah, well, it's comfortable. I don't want to do this. And then the question, what if is not going to work? What if something wrong is going to happen? You know, we have this tendency of putting all the bad things in front instead of seeing the good things. Yeah, but what if you can do that? And what if you succeed? And the other thing, what you were saying, and it's very interesting, and I love that it's about responsibility. And I believe that you become an adult only at that moment when you take full responsibility of your life, full responsibility of your choices. Let's take example of my life, okay? I've made the choice to live the life what I left, lived, right? The self-destructive. I choose it. Nobody told me to do that. I ran away from home. It was my choice. I could have chosen differently, right? It was my choice to, 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 to go to college. It was my choice to go to university. It was my, it was my choice. And every choice has its consequences. And then it can be good, it can be bad, but it's it's yours and then accept it. And don't because people have this tendency of blaming and and I used to do that. So I was that person too. I blamed everybody. I blame my family, I've blamed my teachers, I've blamed, as you said, the government for my situation. Everybody was, you know. But me, oh, no, it was not my fault. It was their fault, right? And this is what we do. This is how we hide. This is how we um, give our power away of not being responsible or not taking full responsibility of our choices. It was my choice. It went well. I congratulate myself. If it went wrong, well, okay. Let's see what I've done, you know, and I'm going to do it differently next time. And people are afraid of failure. But I used to think, oh, my God, I'm not going to try this because I tried this once and, and I didn't succeed. But the truth is that failure, if we look at a different angle, it's only part of the experience. It's an experience. Okay. It didn't went exactly how I want it. But that's okay because I learned something. So every experience Every failure, every person that comes into your life, it comes for a reason. If you learn the lesson or not, that's up to you. If you take responsibility for your choice, for your choices, for your decisions, and for your life, that's again up to you. I always say nobody in this life can make you. I'm saying this again. Nobody can make you. To feel sad, happy, miserable, it's you. 
no? it, it's you, it comes from within. And you will only realize it when you are a full responsible adult. You take your life in your hands, right? Without blaming others. Yes, you can sit down, you can have that, you know, talk with yourself, okay. I'm not gonna say something not nice, but okay, I did it wrong or not the proper way. Let's fix it. Let's see how I can do it different next time. But I'm not starting to blame my partner or my family because this is what we do. And I said, <laughs> I did it. Yeah. It, 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 it takes time. It takes time until you realize, okay, it's me. It's my life, my choice, my decisions. Consequences happens. So you were saying at the beginning of our talk, that's the experience. This is how makes life beautiful. Otherwise, it will be really boring. <laughs> Thank you so much for I that. I hope Christine. I answered your question. Yeah, though. perfectly, 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 perfectly. It's good. It's good like this. I, I am enjoying the, the conversation. In fact, that is why we are here to share. I hope that those that are listening to us, they can get something out of, out of it. Of course, we are satisfied doing it because we love to do this, to share, to learn from each other. I like, I like that. I think also that uh, in, many of the, in many of the instances, uh, we are biased about our choices mm -hmm. and it is not good because, okay, this can be based on our education, can be based on our religious yeah. affiliation, because uh, you cannot dare to say, of course, I'm saying this because I want to ask you something about self-love, no? Uh, you cannot, if something is good, oh, thank God that it is good. Of course, many in Nigeria will say this. Say, how is life? Ah, thank God. That is good. I, I never like that. But when something is bad, oh, it's because of the devil. If it is good, it's because of God. God. All right, now, in this equation, where are you? as a living entity, part of the billions of people in this world, where are you? You see, because if the good is thanks to God and the bad is because of the devil, you are, you are nothing in it. You are not present at all. Yours is just to blame the devil and thank God. So I think this is what we are talking about. It is a tragedy. Because you are supposed to be the one responsible for both the bad thing that you do and the good thing that you do. All right. It takes maturity. It takes time to be able to get to that level where you see yourself at the center of the equation that it is nobody else. Because at the end of the day, nobody else is really coming to save you. You know, it's like um, a sociologist who is studying the, how the society is functioning. And maybe he or she take a, uh, a photo camera or a video camera and goes into the nature to film what is happening. And this, so this individual, this researcher, sees an antelope. And the antelope is beautiful and is there with the photo camera. Uh, he or she is smiling. And then at a, at a short distance, the lion is coming. The lion too is beautiful. That is an event that is about to take place. This is a natural occurrence. You cannot say now, let me save the antelope so that the lion will not attack. 
It is not your job. That is the job of nature to do. You are just going there to witness. So witness what happened. The, the antelope, if it's not smart or fast enough, the lion is going to take it and eat it. That is what is going to happen. I think that is what that is our life basically. The other people are just going to watch you. The forces of nature is going to watch you. The universe is going to watch you either ruin yourself or make something out of, out of your life. They are not going to intervene because they do not intervene. Look at them like the researcher who is just looking at the antelope being devoured by a lion. Because if you intervene, you are interrupting the flow of nature. All right. Self-love. You talk about it a lot in your work. I want you to help me understand that. What do you want us to know about it? <laughs> That's a very good question. And again, I'm trying to cut it really short because this is one of my favorite topics. This is something what I love to do. So... But just for a second, I'm going to go back before I even answer to the self-love question to what you were saying about, um, you know, we kind of have to accept the fact that we are both bad and good. Uh, we are both dark and light. And if you just go back and you remember what I was talking about at the beginning, it needs to be a balance. There is no such thing as always light, always good, or always bad, and always dark. Life itself, as you navigate through it, is a balance. Dark and light, dark and light. You're right, it's day and night, right? And they are the seasons. So there is no one way of looking at things. There is no... such thing as perfect, let's put it this way, okay? There is always this balance, this dance, right? Dark and light. You need dark because without the dark, how you can see the light? You need the bad days because without the bad days, how you can appreciate the good ones, right? And when it gets to self-love, in my personal experience, at the beginning, I thought that's very selfish. I, based on my old beliefs, based on my old personality, on how I've been raised, I was something what I would call a perfect people pleaser. I would do anything for everybody else, a part of myself. But my question is, when you wake up in the morning and you go to the bathroom and you look in the mirror, who is looking back to you? It's you. So the person you are living 24 hours a day and your whole life is you. So learning self-love is about learning to respect yourself, to put yourself first. And I'm not saying that this means that you are selfish. But when you do not respect yourself, then how can you respect others, right? If you do not love or you do not love enough yourself, the person who you are, the person who looks back to you at the mirror, how can you love others? Because the way 
you know, we are all energy, we are vibrancy, you know, we vibrate on a certain frequency. And the way how you love and you respect yourself, the way how you appreciate yourself and you know your self-worth, you teach others with your frequencies, with your, you know, body language to love you, to respect you, and how and you teach them basically without, not, not consciously, but you teach them how to love and respect you, right? The very first important thing is just to understand that loving yourself, putting yourself first, it's not selfish, it's, it's a kind of must. And what I mean by this is accepting the whole who you are, the dark, the light, the good, the bad, and you know, everything in between. Accept your feelings, accept your personalities, because you look at me now, I'm talking to you and you say, oh, Christina, she's such a nice person. Yes, that's one aspect of me, but I can be a very angry and a very pushy person sometimes when that comes out. But I have to recognize and I have to understand myself and know all parts of me, accept all parts of me and love all parts of me in order to handle, you know, to know myself, to master myself. This is a process. It's a lifelong process. Loving yourself. At the beginning, when I started the journey, I thought that, oh, I'm going to do my hair, my nails. I'm having a bubble bath. And oh, my God, I so much love myself. Yes, it's important. It's part of the self-care. But what's more important is to accept all who you are, acknowledge who you are, and just for once in a lifetime, start to put yourself first, right? If that makes sense. It will come hard at the beginning because of all these imprinted beliefs and people-pleasing tendency and, you know, oh my God, what the neighbor will say about me or what others will say about me and stuff like that, okay? I'm not pleasing my parents, I'm not pleasing my father, my partner, my, my, my children. It's going to be maybe bumpy at the beginning, but it starts with changing <coughs> the, the self-talk how you talk to yourself, we tend to say only 99% of the time we tend to say bad things. Oh, I'm not good in this. I can't do that. I'm too short. I'm too fat. I'm too smart. I'm too whatever I am. Okay. We tend to, so change your self-talk. Change the way how you see yourself. Just there's a beautiful mirror exercise, actually, I, I really love to do with, with the people I'm working with. When... Just look at yourself, look deep down in your eyes and, and what do you feel? What do you see? Do you really see yourself or you are just looking in the mirror without seeing the person who actually you really are? And we are all beautiful. I, again, hope I answered your question. So loving yourself is not selfish. It's must. And I'm going to repeat just this one sentence, the way how you love yourself, how you respect yourself is the way how you teach others to love and respect you. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. And that is so true. It's so true. 
it is only unfortunate that most people are just biased against themselves yeah. no yeah i don't know it's it's sometimes it's part of the education that we are being given and sometimes it's part of the uh, religious affiliation that we have yeah. uh, there is this analogy i often make when we talk about politics because in this podcast we also talk about politics sometimes because politics is linked to history in that the people that are in the position of authority are really powerful but now we can deconstruct that how do they get the power they are powerful those are two words there power and fool now how they got the power is that the society organized themselves the people volunteer part of their power and give it to the one in the center to run the affair. That is where the power came from. So it means there is a relationship between those that are at the center of the affair, who have become powerful, fines to the people, and those who have now become maybe less power because they have given part of their power away. I think people need to understand that it is very important that you, as an individual, you are at the center of the equation. Because you are the one that is interacting. You are the one that is taking action. You are the one that is doing it. You might not necessarily be the center of the universe, but in your universe, in the multiverse, you are at the center of it. There is no need to look at it as a because you are selfish. It is not selfishness. It is the truth. It is the reality of it. But now, those who run the affair, those who run the system, the religious leaders, the religious institutions, and by extension, of course, the educational system, don't want people to realize that they have power. Because if the people realize that, they are going to act differently. And if a lot of people act differently, it's going to be difficult for them to manage. It's all about control. Exactly. They want to control the people. Therefore, they give them a kind of education that limits them so that they don't take certain action to liberate themselves. All right. That is okay for that. Now, another thing that I, that I like a lot in your work, of course, really also um, the, the test that you have there in your website is that you have you bring people back to their truth. I find that to be really interesting. I want you to spend some time explaining to me, what do you mean by that? What kind of truth are we talking about? Mm. I love your question. Um, and I said a little bit earlier, it's coming to our upbringings, you know, the beliefs. Let me just ask you a simple question. How many times it happened to you that you wanted to say something from your heart to someone, but you didn't because, and you find trillions of reasons why you are not speaking your truth. We were raised, and this is a generation by generation thing, that you cannot speak your truth because you're going to hurt somebody else's feelings, right? 
you uh, maybe will not be looked as you supposed to be looked and stuff like that. So we don't speak our truth. Therefore, as I said a little bit earlier, we will have a lot of emotion, unspoken emotions, unspoken words trapped in our bodies. And you know, we, we are not just one, we are body, mind and spirit. And this all together accumulated, if they are not in balance, it's going to be a, a, an imbalance, dysfunction in body, in your mind and in your in your spirit. Your spirit is not happy. And when you do not speak your truth, you don't live your life, you don't live the life in your terms, that sooner or later it will come up in your body, in pain, illnesses, in your mind, mental health problems, right? And in your soul, not finding your purpose, not knowing who you really are because you live other people's life or you live life on other people's terms. So finding your own truth, it means daring, having the courage to speak your mind, follow your heart and follow the vision what you created for yourself. Because if you do not have a vision for yourself, again, I'm going to repeat myself, you're going to live somebody else's life. Somebody else will tell you how you're supposed to live your life, what you're supposed to do, and who you're supposed to be, and how you're supposed to be. But that's not your life. It's not your truth. You are living somebody else's life. Whereas as a soul, you choose this lifetime and you choose to have this human experience right now to experience something new for yourself and that takes a lot of courage and boldness speaking your truth may leave you without not too many friends for example i'm just saying or you may not be understood by your family or relatives okay or your peers but that's okay because we all have our own truth we all have our own path which is ours only and we all have our um you know way of thinking and seeing things because the way how i'm looking at something and the way how you look at the same thing it's, it might be completely different. I have my truth and your truth. It doesn't mean that only my truth is true or only your truth is true, right? It means to be open to see from different angles the same thing, but on the same time having the courage to speak out loud your views and i loved actually what you were saying a little bit earlier about power and about authority this is again it can be another podcast from a to z but what happened is if you just go back a little bit on time and seeing history right people who lived in tribes they sit in circle I, and there was a reason why they sit in circle because everybody was equal Nobody was above and nobody was below. They were all sitting in circle and everybody in the circle had the right to speak their truth, to tell their point of view. And then together 
come to a common understanding. But during the history, during the time, there were people who realized that the masses can be easily controlled when you use fear and manipulation. But I don't really want to get into this because fear, again, it's something in our mind. But you can easily control masses when you talk about taking away the food, right? Taking away the shelter and threatening with their health. And again, I have to say that you were right when you said that each and every individual is responsible for food, shelter, and their health. Let's take hospitals. And I have a very good friend of mine, and I love what she always says. And I'm going to quote her now because she said like this. For example, hospital, take care, it's sick care. But you, as an individual, are responsible for your health care. So you are responsible for your life, what you eat, what you do, how you are doing, how you love yourself, let's put it this way. And the authority can be an authority and can manipulate easily because you do not take responsibility for your life. You easily can be manipulated and because you do not you choose to stay in the familiar, in the comfort zone. It's easy to do what you've been told to do instead of start to think for yourself, instead of start questioning. Eventually, I'm inviting you, those people who are watching or listening to this, question me. Don't believe anything what I'm saying. Question me. Go out and try to look for yourselves. Research it. Find out if whatever Christina said today or Obehe said today, is it true or not? Find it out for yourself. Don't take my words for granted. Same happens with the authority or with everybody else. People tell you things from their experiences. And with words, with words and with media, it's very easy to manipulate. Right? When you don't think for yourself, you just obey and you are in this submissive position. You accept that. You make it your through. You accept it. You surrender to that. But why don't you surrender to something else? Why don't you try and surrender to God's will? Why don't you try to surrender to, you know, to the universe and realizing that you were born for greatness and you are not here to obey but you are here to, to rule basically first your own life. And it, goes, it, it, it all goes again to, to this collective consciousness, but, but again, this is another whole level thing. I'm not going to go there. It's okay. It's okay. It, it is perfectly fine. Uh, anyway, for the sake of time, we will come back to those arguments maybe on another day because they are really important. They are absolutely important. We... We talked about it here and a lot of time. Uh, it, it is true that uh, the system is set up so that the people can be controlled. But we can see now that not everybody can be put in those buses. Because if everybody could actually be in those buses, this world will never move forward. We will be living, we'll be living in fear and we'll be killing ourselves all the time. But we can see that, that from time to time, 
we see these people who managed to come out of the cave, of the tribe, of the bosses, and do things differently. And some individuals get inspiration from them, and they too do things differently. And otherwise, the world was supposed to be like, um, like a pool of water that is stagnant. Because everything is always the same. We are going to be repeating the same thing all the time. But thanks to some individual in the society who sometimes get out and come in, they shake up the system, then the water becomes clean again. And that is how it functions. So what we are basically saying, I think, is not that everybody is going to be able to become free. It's never going to happen. What is going to happen is that more and more people should become free. But this freedom, you are going to do it yourself. Nobody is coming to help you. So find out how you can get out of the rat race and speak your truth. This is important. Not everybody can do this. Everybody cannot do this. But more and more people should do it. There is a lot of information out there. There is the internet. For goodness sake, there is no lack of information to help yourself. So try as much as you can to educate yourself. Because the system, the system that you are in, you don't care about you liberating yourself. That is the plain truth. All right. Now, before we were saying that each of us is at the center of our mini universes in the multiverse. So I'm interested in knowing how you feel about all this work that you do. Tell me about your personal feeling as Christina. What is your satisfaction from this work? How I feel about my work? I love my work, Obehi. And the reason why I love my work is, you know, when you see on people's faces that aha moment, and when you see that smile, when they realize something, I mean, that's huge. And I only can help people up to the point where I am right now. I'm constantly growing, learning and changing myself, right? So maybe in two or three or five years, I will be able to teach more or to explain more or stuff like that. But right now, to the point where I am, what I can do and what I love about what I'm doing is I just hold the space for them to find out where they are in life, where they want to be, how to speak their truth. Because, as you said, we cannot save everybody. It's not our job to save everybody. But what we can do is to be that beacon of light. What we can do is to be that guide you know it's up to them on which which path they are going to take but for me it's it's important to show to show people that there is another way there is always another way there is always a better way a different way of doing things of looking at things and really just holding the space. You know, the truth is that at the end of the day, every question we have, everything, the answer is there within us. 
we just do not want to face it. And what I, what I do is like bringing or help people to bring the answers out, say it out loud, write it down, sing it, right? Because the answer is always, always within you. I cannot answer your questions. You can. You can answer your questions because it comes from within. Everybody knows better what's best for them. But it's so deep down or simply they just don't want to face it. They just don't want to accept, yes, I know the answer. And there comes the but. But I'm afraid to do this and that or, you know. But at the end of the day, I love, I absolutely love what I'm doing. I, I wouldn't change a thing for now. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, people don't open up their bias against themselves. That is why everybody cannot be saved. That is that is the truth. You know, it's like you you are sick. You no, know, I said this the other time. You no, know, when I was um, interviewing another person, and you go to to your doctor. You know, it is up to you to tell your doctor where you are feeling your pain. Mm -hmm. If you are feeling your pain in your head. And you tell your daughter you are feeling it in your hand because you don't want to reveal to your daughter that it is in your head. Mm -hmm. Of course, the daughter is going to treat your hand that you don't have any pay and you go home. Now you are right because you manage to deceive your daughter and you get the reward of having your sickness. You can take it home. Mm -hmm. It's up to you. It's up to you. Yeah. So if people want to face it, they can face it. But if they refuse to face it, they... They are right. If you think you can do it, you are right. If you think you cannot do it, you are equally right. It is up to you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that quote. I love it because it's true. <laughs> All right. So how can people connect with you, Christina? I wanted to use this few seconds to promote what you are doing because we are here also for that. Go ahead. Thank you so much. Well, I, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Christina Konya. There is my website, www.christinakonya.com. And uh, I would love to invite people, women especially, if they, if they would love to try uh, something new for themselves to join us on our retreat, what we are organizing next year in June in Spain. Uh, it's a retreat for women. It's about empowerment. Also, we are organizing um, Women's Summit, Women's Conference in January, where you can and you are given the possibility to speak your truth, to be a speaker, to dare to, to, to say your truth. That's going to happen in January. And uh, yes, this is where you can find me on, on my website, basically. Or you just can reach out to me on Facebook, send me a text message, and I'm always available. <laughs> Thank you so much, Obehi, for the possibility and for the opportunity. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christina. All right. Now, um, I want to ask you the last thing. Um, what is your final thought here, considering what we have discussed today? Maybe this is a message. Maybe this is uh, because there was something you wanted to say I didn't ask you, or there was a line important for you. I just run past it. I wanted to use this moment to conclude it in your own way. Go ahead. Mm, thank you. Well, the last thing what I would love to share today is that I'm going to just repeat myself that no matter how low you feel you are at a certain point in your life, sure, there is always a way out. And 
the most important thing in life is to recognize and to return to who you really truly are, to speak your truth and find your truth. Just be bold and dare to be different because different is good. We were all destined for greatness. We, it is our birthright to be healthy and wealthy and happy. So just claim it. Just be bold and, and, and be who you were born to be, really. That's my message. Just be bold and dare to change your life. Dare to speak your truth and live life in your terms. Thank you so much, Christina. And I appreciate the time and I appreciate also the sharing. I thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead Ewafo. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.